Welcome back to another episode of Agile Way podcast, where we explore challenges organizations face on their Agile journey. How to become great Scrum Master, how to change your leadership style, or how to embrace agility at the organization level. I'm Suzy Shokova, Agile coach, certified Scrum trainer, and author of the great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book, and I'm your host for this podcast. I'm passionate about business agility, organizational culture, and Agile leadership, and that was the reason why I decided to start this podcast, to share with you my experiences and stories from my Agile journey. Today I have Winnie here, and Winnie is my friend from Agile Space. She is passionate about a lot of conferences. We actually co-organize a conference together with some other wonderful folks. But today we're going to talk about different topics. As usual, I would like to ask you, like, what are you currently passionate in Agile Space? Thank you, Zuzi, and hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to Zuzi and me. I feel that a lot of people are talking about... Uh, and they have talked about a lot of the things that I'm equally um, passionate about. But I feel at the moment, the um, the way a, um, a transformation, and I really don't like that word transformation, because I, I feel that when you say transformation, it suggests that there is an end, right? It is actually an evolution. Uh, and I know we use those keywords for LinkedIn and for search, and, you know, I do it as well. Um, but if somebody said, oh, Vinny, you know, I need you to transform, that kind of gives me the impression that I'm not good enough and there's something I would like to change. So I much prefer the word growth or growth journey or perhaps evolution. Um, and back to your question again, the issue that I'm seeing and that I'm passionate about is most of these, <clears throat> um, this, this journeys, these evolution journeys, Product seems to be missing. Product seems seems to always be missing. Uh, it's either it's missing or it's not included. And for me, this is quite a big risk. The last uh, three places that I've been on, there was no product owner or product ownership. So if you don't have product, then what are we selling, right? Because every company is trying to sell something. Uh, and if you're not selling something, then how are you going to profit? And if there's no profit and there's no customers, and then, you know, you kind of should close shop and, and, and go home. So that's probably one of my, my, my passions, like to, to lead with um, product thinking and product mindset. So how do you start that? It's product thinking, product mindset. You have that company who doesn't have it. They never thought about that. So how do you help them to start? So one of the ways actually to start is not start with um, frameworks first, because when you go with frameworks and you need to realize like automatically people have heard these terms and this jargon. So everybody really wants that, you know, they want Scrum, they want Kanban, they want Scrum Master. But I very rarely hear product owner, product ownership, product training, product thinking, product design. So I guess the best one, one of the ways, the suggested ways to 
actually starts is actually to start with fundamentals and then instill product thinking. So start with, you know, who are your customers? What are we doing? Do we have feedback from them? You know, Zuzi, you're smiling because all of this is basic, right? Because you, you teach this as well. It's good to hear those things from somebody else than myself. Yeah. So who is the customer, right? It's uh, very interesting. I've just had this conversation today with a group of people like, we don't hear from customers. Like, hmm. So how do you know? What do you think about? We don't. Oh, we will in two years from now. Hmm, very interesting. So, Exactly. Some of the really uh, good places that I've, that I have worked on. Um, and it's really important that even people working in the team are actually communicating with the customers. So I've actually worked on organizations where you have the, the product owner and a, and a team member gets to go along and you rotate and behind there you have the team. So it might be developers, testers, uh, and, and I know in, if you're doing Pro or Scrum, you don't have roles and that's fine, but if you're doing Kanban, you know, it, it doesn't matter what framework you're doing or if you have a framework or not a framework, but it's that product thinking. And what was happening is basically feeding the customer different scenarios as they were um, responding to, you know, what would you do with this? What, what would you do if, you know, you, you click that? And that shift that you actually see in the team, the team has met the customer, they know what they're doing, they understand the problem that they need to solve. Once people actually know why they're doing it and what they have to do to get from, from one end to another, it really makes it a lot simpler. You can actually see the shift in, in, in thinking. So what is the most difficult for them uh, to do like on this shift to product uh, thinking? I'm not going to lie. One of the most difficult things to do is to actually get approval for the teams to actually be involved and to be able to communicate to the customers. But let me take you one step back as well. How about getting the team to see the customer satisfaction scores? How about getting the team to actually read the reviews? That's actually a big thing by itself. But on, onto that, it's all about transparency, right? If you have transparency, then that makes it a lot easier. So it's saying that, okay, so we have customer feedback, we have customer scores. These are these are the service we have, customer centers feedback. Is it okay to bring it to the team? Is it okay for the team to take a look at it? How, how about we sit down as a team and, and decide, oh no, you know, the teams don't need to see it. You know, it's um, too far down <laughs> and, um, you know, this, this is something that we on, on the top do it. That itself is a big thing. It is a big challenge to have those conversations. And sometimes you get somewhere and that's great because every time you shift one little dial, it's a big win. So in this business for me, it's always, you know, counting all, you know, every little small thing just to get that, get that evolution going on. You mentioned transparency. Transparency is scary at first, right? So, uh, how do you make it safe to be transparent? Obviously, transparency is safe because for me, it's actually having that respect with, with the client, you know, knowing that you know they have actually done pretty well for themselves to actually get from here to here. And to go in and to actually say, you know, we need to change this and 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 we need to change that. 
initially might not be a very popular way of, of you know, getting some traction. Um, it's always helps to build that relationship and build trust um, to get that transparency, but it's always explaining the why. Why do we need to be transparent? How can we do it? And then later on, what are the benefits that the team, the team morale and the company as well? How will this, will this benefit? Once you get all of that discussed and articulated and workshop, I think we're at a pretty good start. So we have this uh, product thinking, right? We start with uh, working with customers, with building relationship, raising the transparency, then what's next? What's next for me is actually to, to try it, just try it, have a go, you know, bring a customer in or online or, you know, whatever you want. Start with a survey, maybe. Maybe you can't bring in a person. Maybe that's that's a bit too much. You know, let's go, let's go and read the reviews or something like that. Let's actually try and start doing something. So what's that one small thing um, that, that we can do? And I, I actually don't see it as, you know, like a team or one person. I think collectively the organization uh, should start having that product thinking in, instilled in them. So for me, I actually like to have everybody thinking like a product owner. That for me is very important. So I like to instill product thinking in the team, not only the product owner, everybody should start thinking like, you know, it, it's, it's their business. So that way they actually feel like, you know, they, they, they belong to that, to that person, uh, to that company. And one of the companies I've worked every Monday, they would share all the sales across all the different branches, you know, what are the sales for online? What are the sales for this? What are the sales for that? And then individually, the teams working on different products would actually get those comments. That was really, really good, I feel, um, as, you know, a huge step, but that didn't happen overnight. So where do you start? Well, it depends what you want to do, right, Susie? So if you want to start, I always say, you know, start with yourself first, right? Start with yourself. And then, you know, you start creating, you start finding, you know, the, the person that's, that's most interested, the person that, you know, you have that relationship with. So it doesn't really matter where you are uh, coaching in the organization, you know, if you have a team, if you're a team, so you start with your team, you know, you do focus on the product owner, but you focus the product thinking with the team. At the same time, you know, if you're at leadership level, you start with the leadership level as well. So at all levels, if, if, you know, all of us, I always believe collectively we are better together. And I always believe it actually takes um, a, a village, you know, to, to raise a company to, to be agile. It's not a one person job. If we all come, come together and, and, and we work at it, it is possible. Um, different people might come, you know, different companies, different consultants, different organizations will come. And that's where, for me, it's it's an evolution. So what was your biggest aha moment on your Agile journey? Well, uh, my biggest aha journey was actually the importance of observing and building relationships first. So like many, uh, with many people, you know, we all come in and do things differently and we all have certain ways of doing things uh I feel like initially I would just like to go in and say okay you know this is what we're going to do and this is what you know 
this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, because, oh, I've, I've been doing this for, for quite some time. And maybe that's a learning for me, but sometimes there is that expectation as well from the client that you're actually going to hit the ground running as well, right? So there needs to be a a, a balance b b between, between then what has happened. And for me, it's actually spending time and understanding what has happened to the company and its people before to get from where they have been to here. You know, as I did mention before, sometimes it does take a, a village and different people and different consultancies or different companies have come in and gone and come in and gone. And that's where the change fatigue happens. So I spend um, time building relationships with people, trying to understand what has happened and trying to see, you know, what not to do, what to do, where they need help. And I guess, uh, and that way I feel like we, I always use the word we, so it's not me coaching them, it's we are coaching each other. That for me was the biggest learning to actually spend time understanding and building relationships and don't forget product ownership. Now thinking of those relationships, right? And observing what's going on, et cetera, understanding this, it needs a bit of patience, right? So what helps you being patient enough so you can do it? Because otherwise you need to do it and be able to do it. There are two different things usually. So what helps you to be successful in this shift? I don't see myself as me being successful or the success is pegged on me. I think I am only, you know, as good as the person that I'm working with. I'm only as good as the client that 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 I'm that I'm working with. So in order sometimes, you know, it is difficult, it is tough. Um, I don't think you know, agile coaching is a tough job. You know, it, it is it is really, really tough. For me, in terms of, you know, what what helps me being patient is sometimes to just take a few steps back. Take a few steps back and learning to listen a lot more. That helps. And having empathy with, with the pers people that I'm that I'm working with. Sure, you know, I do do mindfulness and, you know, during during break time, I, you know, try and get some stretches in and things like that. So, you know, we're all not sitting all, all, all the time. But I, I fundamentally believe that, you know, in terms of success, I'm, I'm only as, as good as, you know, the person I'm working with. But also, I'm also as good as they will allow me to be, right? Because sometimes you do work with restrictions and sometimes you you keep going and you keep going. And it's not possible. And sometimes that is okay. It is okay. Because I always say, um, I'd rather be somebody's shot of whiskey than everybody's cup of tea. You know, different people work better with different personalities. And it's actually recognizing that and, you know, knowing that, okay, I may not be the best person for this person. Let me try somebody else. I may be better here. I may be better there. Where do you find your motivation for changing yourself? It's hard, it's tough. So where do you find your energy? Lots of places, actually. Uh, I'm energized by the people I work with or whoever I, I am with. Uh, by myself, I, you know, like you, I attend conferences, meetups. I read a lot. Um, I used to go on courses, but not 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 anymore. But I do have a, a small group of um, coaches that I work with, and they give me support. But most importantly, 
I believe that every uh, agile coach should ha should have their own agile coach. Um, that means, you know, if I'm going to coach somebody, I need to be willing to be coached as well because somebody needs to see my blind spots as well. So I invest in my own um, self and I have my my own agile coach and my private coaching. So all these factors, hopefully, you know, will motivate Vinny, I guess. And, you know, sometimes it's not that easy. And sometimes, you know, motivation goes up and down, up and down. And for me, that is okay. You know, I don't need to be constantly motivated. It's okay sometimes to to have an off day or, you know, an off month or something like that. Um, it's the same with the people that we work with. It's life. That's true. Life is all the different ups and downs. Now, if you look into the future, what do you think is the future of Azure? Let's say 20 years from now-ish, right? Where do you think we are heading? You know, Zuzi, every every time somebody asks me that question, it reminds me about the course that we did together, your Cal2 course. And they were some fantastic um fantastic ideas that 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 came out of it you know but particularly like you know i came up with the agile tv and the agile talk show host because i thought that was pretty cool uh you know to, to to have that for me the the future of agility is not going to be able we're not going to use the word agile anymore i think it, it's been used to death and i think people are getting tired of it because it's it's, people have different interpretations, some people, you know, because they've had bad experiences. Uh, and, you know, they're just, it's just been bastardized quite a lot. I feel that the thinking will definitely be there, you know, the thinking to lead differently, you know, to, to lead in a better way, to lead in, in the new way. Product thinking definitely needs to be there. Servant leadership definitely needs 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 to be there. I don't think we're going to be using the word agile anymore, but we will still keep doing these things. And I see that we'll hopefully start teaching the skills very early on in schools to inspect, adapt, be transparent, you know, teamwork. That would be really nice starting at schools, right? With all those ground rules of collaboration and uh, yeah, break that individual mindset right yeah because if you look at a lot of school curriculums and you know even university or college curriculums i i don't know if they're you know been rewritten or changed or you know if the subjects that we were learning or thought before are they are they still relevant most likely not right but we still keep uh, learning those <laughs> and keep doing the same things past 100 years and it didn't went through the big evolution i mean there are uh, good examples of agile schools in the US and I do scrum right in Europe so they are successful but they are like small tiny little islands even at kindergarten you know you just start with those basic values and concepts and principles you know thank you very much for your thoughts I hope in 20 years from now we will take it as normal every kindergarten every school every university would be just doing that and therefore all the workplaces as well that would be such an awesome vision thank you very much for your time thank you Zuzi and uh, I can't wait to see you next week in person
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Agile Way podcast hosted by Zuzi Shokova, author of the Great Scrum Master book and Agile Leader book. If you love listening to this podcast, please leave us a review. If there is any topic you are particularly interested in and would like to hear another episode on it, let me know. For more information about me and my Agile classes, visit our website sochova.com S-O-C-H-O-V-A dot com Thank you for listening. <laughs>